What's up, guys? It is September 13th. Uh, might be actually be the 14th. It is the 14th, and we have week three of the Big Ten coming up. We're going to review week two. Uh, I just want to start with opening comments, opening statements from the, the panel here. Josh. We'll pick Suey. Justin. <laughs> uh, didn't get to watch a lot this week. I uh, was at a work party, but I am guaranteeing I am posted at the TV this coming weekend. Nice non-conference slate for the Big Ten. You're going to go drink it with me. AJ, stack it up. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Justin. This weekend's going to be a good one. Last week was kind of, you know, a shot in the dark with only about two big games. But, um, yeah, this weekend's going to be a fun one on the couch. Yeah, so, you know, if Alabama is able to play Mercer, I think it's okay for Minnesota to only beat Miami of Ohio by five. Uh, I think um, overall last week was not a lot of excitement. There were some surprises, uh, a couple good games that we're going to touch on here soon, but I'm, I'm excited for this next week of football. But uh, So we're going to go ahead and get into it, talk about some of these big marquee matchups that happened this past weekend. Uh, I know, Josh, you want to start. We're going to talk about this Oregon-Ohio State game. I'm going to let you take the floor. God. Yeah, um, I only cried a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's 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 evident that Ohio State's defensive problems are uh, bad, uh, absolutely awful. Um, I know I was kind of talking to you guys about it, and I honestly think that performance was worse than anything we saw in 2018, which is considered one of the worst years in Ohio State defensive history. It's an absolute mess. Uh, Ryan Day said today that they're completely – they're looking at it structurally. Structurally, He's pissed. Um, my uncle, who is good friends with Kerry Combs, um, even he's saying that he's got to go. So, um, you know, it's it, – it's, uh, it's a real cutthroat uh, fan base, as we all know. But after after watching freaking Oregon come into our house and just absolutely destroy us after never losing to them before, uh, it was very humbling. Um, however, uh, with all the negatives, I did see a few positives. Um, I know people for some reason are hating on Stroud. I think he had a, a great game. Yeah, he made some mistakes later in the game, but. He had to throw it how many freaking times for 484 yards. He was the, literally the only reason why we were in that game to begin with. Um, but overall, it was a disappointing loss, although um, I kind of said throughout the season that it was going to be a, a, a rough year. I didn't think it would be this bad. I'm not surprised by the loss to Oregon. I'm just surprised in the way that we lost um, and the defense being that bad. So. Yep, I uh, got some two two uh, cupcake teams coming up, so hopefully we can figure it out. But it's looking like the it's going to be a really long year, and the Big Ten uh, just got really interesting. AJ, yeah, I agree with what Josh said. Um, it was pretty ugly from a defensive perspective for uh, such an elite team. But um, like he was saying, though, Shroud he had a great game. Um, you know, he does have a tendency to kind of airmail some footballs and that ended up costing them uh, late in the game. He kind of made a mistake with one of those interceptions and um, yeah, you can hang your hat on that one too. But then there was also the uh, performance by uh, Smith and Jigba. I mean, just had an unbelievable game mm-hmm. 145 and two. 
And uh, to add that on to uh, Alave and Wilson, um, that's a really troublesome offense now for uh, Big Ten kind of moving into the season. And Ryan Day, like you said, is pissed. And uh, I don't know if that's good for the Big Ten or not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we'll see how that goes. I know I'm not looking forward when Purdue rolls into town, but yeah, I, it's going to be, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they bounce back, you know, a couple, like Josh had cupcake teams on the schedule moving forward. But once we get into Big Ten play, it'll be interesting to see how the defense stacks up. At the end of the day, um, the wide receiver room at Ohio State is must-watch television. So at least I can look forward to that because, like AJ said, Ninjigba, Alave, Garrett are phenomenal. There's no arguing that. Um, and uh, so even if even if we're going to struggle year-round, at least uh, watching that is going to be uh, really fun. So Yeah, uh, something I wanted to point out um... – I know Justin's got some comments to make too. Um, so I, I think like Josh's point about why is everybody kind of coming down hard on CJ Stroud? I think it really just comes down to the defense and their issues. Um, it looked their, their defense came out with a bunch of basic looks, basic packages. Um, I, to me, I feel like, you know, Ohio state's recruiting at a unreal, you know, level right now. But it's time to start seeing some of these young guys step up. Um, and, and I don't know if that's a, they're not ready or is that a um, Coach Combs is just not putting the right personnel out there. What is the real issue there? Who knows? Um, I feel like from a, a fan standpoint, they're probably saying it's, it's, it's on Coach Combs, but we don't really know what's going on behind the closed doors. Um, for me personally, the one stat that sticks out the most is Ohio State gave up 269 yards on the ground. You cannot expect to win a game giving up almost 300 yards rushing against anybody. It doesn't even matter if you're Ohio State and you put up 600 yards yourself. It's very tough to win a game if you're just going to have a team running all over you. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 100 uh... percent. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Sorry, my, my my instinct here is is obviously to bash a high state and give them as much shit as I can. But <laughs> my level head's going to prevail here, and I'm actually going to kind of defend them because I mean, just you know, being critical of Ohio State after this game is correct, and you know their fan base is right in being upset, and you know all that. But you got to give Oregon a lot of credit. Like right now, they legit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, and they were also without the their the day. best pass rusher, right? Two, exactly right? Even they're starting that's true, that, too. That's the flight valid. They, they looked they looked elite to be quite frank. Um, so and and as much as I hate to say this, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, once you know they beat Michigan in week 12, they could legitimately still be in this playoff picture, um, especially if Oregon wins out and they look good doing so. So um, that high state has a young quarterback, one of the ta- most talented guys in at the college level right now. So, I mean, he's only going to get better. He's obviously got an all-star team around him for the most part offensively. Um, so I still have a high state as the best team in the conference. You know, I don't, this might be dumb, but I don't look, 
at the rankings right now as right now, who's the best team? I'm thinking of like, given what I know, who's the best, who's going to be the best at the end of the season. And I still feel it's going to be a high state until otherwise. So I still think despite what we saw on Saturday, they're a very good team, but uh, they'll have a good, I mean, they're going to bounce back this week. They got Tulsa. So they'll win that one. (laughs) One would hope. Um, Go ahead, Josh. Um, I, yeah, the, Justin kind of said that, and I, being more focused um, on my own team, yeah, definitely all credit to Oregon. I was actually on some Oregon uh, community threads on Bleacher Report, talking to some of the guys on there, just because, you know, um, I, I like to think of myself as a really respectable fan, and I'm more critical of my own team than I am of others. And, uh, I mean, they're a talented group, and there's no doubting that they came in and absolutely thwomped us, and they looked great. Uh, their running back was fantastic. Um, their O-line was – that was probably the biggest surprise to me. I thought our D-line was going to come in and just bully them like like we did in the national championship of 2014. I don't really respect Pac-12 O-linemen, but, uh, man, it's hard, it's hard to uh, keep that mentality after they shut down Haskell Garrett um zach harrison tyree smith i mean their o-line looked really good and i mean an offense with a great o-line like that you, you can go far so but if there is one game that ohio state could lose and still get the playoff it was and only it only could be this game um so i agree with justin that if they went out and they look good doing it um there's still a chance for the playoff for ohio state for sure um uh, to that last comment i want to look at ohio state's schedule real quick I would see they play. Okay, no, that game's at home too. You said this is the only game that you see they could lose and still make the playoff. I was going to say that Penn State game, thinking it was on the road, but it's actually at Ohio State. So I would say either one of those they could probably lose, and but only one. They can't lose both, obviously. But moving on. Um, Sooner the better. Yeah I, I, yeah, I feel like the playoff has also proved to that point that Losing early is good. If you lose later in the year, they kind of put their harder on you. So that, yeah. that's, that's definitely true. Um, so we're going to move on to the second biggest game of the day. Uh, that's the Iowa, Iowa State game. Um, Justin, what are your opening thoughts about that? I was really seem to have dominated the series. Um, I didn't get a chance to really watch it as much as I wanted to. Um, but, I mean – I think it was competitive, was it not, for the most part? Um, I don't remember. Uh, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I, I just – Yeah. It's 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 odd, too, because this is, this is probably Iowa State's best opportunity to go to a legitimate bowl in, you know, I want to say years, you know. <laughs> the last time I can think Iowa State was relevant, and I could be wrong here, it was like Seneca Wallace in 2000. Maybe they had kind of some teams in the in the mid two tens or whatever, but uh, last last year was uh, they beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl, I believe. Oh, well, yeah, that was. But that's kind of basically the same thing. Yeah, like, well, the, uh, yeah, they, they, I, I get what you're saying though. Like they were, historically, they're not a, yeah, they're not a great they, program, but they were. Well, they're I mean, but they, they're kind of on like the program climb here. So this was supposed to be their climax, yeah. if you will. So losing. To an in-state rival like that, I believe for the sixth straight time, yep. it's probably got to be pretty demoralizing. So, um, big ones for Iowa though—they look—they look pretty tough. Oh yeah. 
Adrian? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but um, I was at a wedding all day Saturday, so I really was oh, yeah. kind of watching GameCast and um, keeping up to date that way. But, I mean, Iowa absolutely made an experienced Brock Purdy look like a freshman who decided yeah, – gonna yeah i mean he was gonna i mean yeah. he looks like you know he graduated a semester early from high school and stepped into his first start with five practices under his belt <laughs> really bad um but yeah no i i mean iowa i would say got to give credit to him maybe their defense yet again looked pretty dominant they tore iu up week one made Penix look awful they made purdy look awful um so I got to give credit to them, especially on their defense. I know Ryan Ryan was talking a little bit early about their offense and um, how it was pretty abysmal. And I'm kind of curious to hear his thoughts on um, what he's got to say about Iowa. He, I'm assuming will be still pretty critical on them, but I would say that they definitely surprised me. And um, now they're in a really, really good position, getting ready to head into the Big Ten season where um, they can make a good push at a big bowl, if not get to the Big Ten championship. Um, kind of see how that unfolds probably at that point against Ohio State or Penn State would be my guess there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of impressed with Iowa, and it took me by surprise, to say the least. So I'm just going to throw out some stats here, and I want you guys to tell me if they're good, not good, or what your thoughts are. So Spencer Petras against Iowa State, 106 yards and a touchdown. He was 11 for 21. Good. Take away the defense and all that factor. Is that good? Game manager, good. Eleven for twenty-one, hundred and six yards. Okay. I mean, now, when you break it, when you break it but, down by but, eleven to but, twenty-one, no, yes, looking at it like as an actual statistic, no. But you also have to like give a little bit of leeway to like how the game was being played. Yeah. It's not so much the eleven for twenty-one; it's the hundred and six yards and a touchdown, but. To that point, let's add the fact that as a team, they only rushed for 67 yards and a touchdown. So that's 14 points on less than 200 yards. Yes, I know their defense is scoring points. Mm -hmm. Their first two games, I think they have three defensive touchdowns, maybe four defensive touchdowns, something like that. But you cannot assume that they're going to be able to carry that into a long Big Ten season and not have the offense step up. They're not going to win games. Uh, that's that's just where I'm at. Like, yeah, they have two solid wins on paper, but and maybe you you can make the argument the offense doesn't have to do much. But I mean, there's nothing really exciting about 67 yards on the ground as a team and barely over 100 yards in the air. Like, it's not going to last in a, a long Big Ten season. They're not going to win games. Uh, to counter your point, though. Um... I think that the yardage is also a reflection of the fact that the defense had them. Um, they, they never were on their own side of the field. So they were very much starting most of their drives in Iowa State territory, only needing 40 or so to get a touchdown. Um, right. I watched that game quite a bit, and um, I think that Iowa's defense is very much what Ryan harped on earlier this year. Um, there's no big name guys in the deep, uh, the the linebacker and defensive line core. They're all like three star, you know, three four star guys, solid guys, and they're playing phenomenal defense. 
and that's one that's like the exact opposite of what's happening at Ohio State. Um, just to bring that up again, uh, the defensive coordinator for Iowa is doing a spectacular job. And you look at who they played against. Brock Purdy and Brees Hall were, I think, on some some of us had them in our Heisman sleeper list. I mean, they were supposed to be a dynamic duo, and they got absolutely shut down. And I, I get it. Like, you want to see more out of your offense. But Petrus, like we were kind of talking about last year, me and AJ were, and we're high on him, is he's a game manager quarterback. He's not going to go out there and be like Stroud and throw 400 yards and five touchdowns. He's going to go out there. He's got to make those plays to keep the offense going, get some, get Tyler Goodson in a position to score, and then let the defense – and then ride the defense. Um, however, I will agree with Ryan in this aspect. If uh, Once it hits bowl season, you know, when they start playing some teams, um, you know, uh, like – like I'm just going to throw it out – like Alabama or Clemson who have these high-powered offenses, it's going to be uh, – uh, interesting to see if their defense can hold up with that. But if they can, um, there's no telling how far Iowa can go this year. But yeah. overall, I was impressed with their performance, and uh, their defense looks spectacular. That's safety number eight. I'm blanking on his name, but, oh, my God, he was he was a dog. And Tyler Goodson is probably the best running back in the Big Ten right now. Um, yeah, he only had 67 yards, but yeah, he's a grinder, man. Like, he was pushing, like, two guys off and – he was getting them 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 yards and uh, yeah, I was impressed with Iowa's performance. So, one last note, if you don't mind, me uh, jumping in here. Um, speaking of Iowa, man, I think they're going to be fine. Um, you look at the Big Ten West, and outside of you could say, per, you know, outside of Purdue, at least right now, even playing a lousy UConn or yeah, a lousy UConn team, the West is full of abysmal offenses. So that is going to bode mm-hmm. well for Iowa tremendously. So. When you talk about a potential and maybe even inevitable Big Ten title matchup with, you know, Ohio State or a Penn State, just cross that bridge when you get there. You know, you're gonna have like two yeah. weeks to game plan. Maybe is it, it is is it two weeks right after the week? Do they get a week off? No, it's a week right off. It? It's a week off. So they've got two or weeks. No, no, to no, game no, plan. no. Big Ten championship is the week no, after. Big Ten is it the week after? Yeah, Big Ten's yeah, week yeah, after. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, kind of. If you get, I mean, gosh, you just throw all the stats, you get the Big Ten title game. I mean, and then, like you said, the bowl, the bowl games, like I don't see them playing like a high-profile team like Alabama or Clemson. But, I mean, overall, they're just outclassed in every way. Any, You know, it doesn't even really necessarily yeah. matter about the offense. You just, you know, athlete, you just compare athlete to athlete. It's mm-hmm. one level and another. Um, but, like you said, Josh, you know, just – the dominance over Iowa State has been pretty impressive. So um, beating yeah. them is, is a good win. So getting past that and then getting on to the Big Ten West, um, it's going to be huge for them, and they might run a slate. Plus, <laughs> plus, plus we all, as we all know, rivalry games are a whole different animal. You can be ranked one. You can be ranked last. They always play different, especially a big rivalry like this. It was the first time that both teams were both ranked in the top 10 at the same time. So it was a high, high profile game. It was away. I mean, that's a that's a, I think is a fantastic win on Iowa's resume. And if they if they went out, there's there's no there's no argument they deserve to be in the playoff. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely loved Iowa's performance. So to your comment about um, the Big Ten West not having very many high-powered offices. I'd agree with that. Um, the, I think what's going to be interesting is they got Kent State and Colorado State. Then the next two games, 
in Big Ten play are East crossover games. They go to Maryland, which is a team that we've been raving about with a really good offense. And then they host Penn State. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those two games are really going to tell us if Iowa's offense is going to be able to keep up or not, I think. I agree with that. Yeah. That's a good point. I agree. Those so, are to keep an eye on for sure. AJ, do you have any more comments about this game or are we moving on? I say we just keep going. I mean, I know that these are kind of the only two games that essentially, you know, had some true meaning behind it uh, when it comes to severity of uh, future placement of potential bowls and whatnot. So I kind of expect, you know, to breeze through the other ones. So, I mean, if anybody has anything else they'd like to say, I mean, go for it. Uh, uh, no, go ahead, Brian. No, I was going to go ahead and move on, but if you're ready. Well, uh, the only thing I wanted to point out was that Rutgers won 17-7 against Syracuse. AJ, keep keep hating on Rutgers, Scarlet Knights. We will They're going to be the best team in the East, and it's going to be great. They scored zero points in the first half. Okay, so there's I'm two. sorry. We'll get did there. They, or did they not We'll, win? Get, we'll there. get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I, we, I got two more games I want to talk about real quick, and then I was going to go do free-for-all on – comments you guys had about the rest of the Big Ten slate for this week. Um, I want to talk Let's about – game by game. Make it quick. First – okay. First game of the day. Can we talk about how Illinois got just dump trucked by Virginia? We knew that was happening. Yep. <laughs> we did. Yeah, so – We all picked Virginia. <laughs> I think Illinois is definitely making a strong case for worse than the Big Ten. Um Nebraska's case might be a little stronger. We'll get to that, too. Um, other big game was Michigan hosting Washington. Now, I don't really think this game was that big of a game. I think Washington is bad. Um, oh, yeah. Only scoring 10 points on Michigan. I mean, and the, like that, Washington just looked – I don't even know how to describe it, to be honest, but they just do not look like a good football team right now. Blake Corum's a man. Yeah, he's a beast. But it was only 17-3 to going into the fourth quarter. Like, Michigan should have de- destroyed this team. I mean, yeah, they won 31-10, to but come on. I was expecting a way bigger way bigger win on Michigan's half. Speaking of yardage being a big factor, you guys realize that Cam McNamara had 44 yards passing, and that was it? So that's that's what I was going to bring up to Josh's point right there. Like <laughs> – you know, he said, like, they should have blown him out. But, like, this was a real, like, uncovering game for Michigan. Like, they just lost their number one receiver for the year. And, you know, they still have Cornelius Johnson, I guess, and what. But, you, like, Blake Corum, running back, he had he led the team in receptions at three. Three out of seven. And it was blatantly obvious where Michigan is going to, you know, hold their season the rest of this year. You know, they got – Corum, 21 carries, 171 yards, three touchdowns. Hassan Haskins, 27 carries, 155 and one. Between the two of them, 48 carries. Like, that is just ridiculous. So, when you think of aspect and the fact that they only beat them by 21, I think beating them by 21 while running the ball 56 times is pretty decent. I don't think they're going to blow teams by running the ball, but they will win games if they continue to produce those numbers. Yeah, and to counter your counter, this Washington team lost to Montana. And they did. Before. They did. <laughs> I mean, <They> did. so. 
Um, so, but yeah, I have nothing else to say about this game. Yeah, I, I think we can all probably pass unless Justin has anything to say. Um, yeah, I didn't think so. So I guess what I want to do to finish our recap of last week, um, just any other game. I don't want to go game by game just because there are a lot of not so fancy matchups. Anything else that really sticks out to anybody from this past week? I'm going to start with Justin. Sorry, Josh. I'm going to talk about Purdue. Um, not even going to really talk about the game as much as I just wanted to get through this one healthy, and they did not. Um, losing Xander Horvath yeah. is going to be uh, bigger than most people think. Um, my opinion, Ryan. he is Purdue's best receiving running back since Corey Sheets in 2008. Like, he is a humongous asset. He is Corey Sheets. You bring that up. That's awesome. Um, I mean, the dump off screen game, you know, um, him being a third down, fourth down back, you know what I mean? Um, they just don't have a ton of experience without him there. So it's going to be, I wouldn't say a dramatic drop off in performance, but they're going to have to like scheme the hell out for the running backs to have a chance this coming week. But, uh, just to briefly sum it up, losing Horvath for four to eight weeks, leaning towards eight weeks is is enormous. I'm about to play a what if real quick. I, I guess has there been any more information on the IU transfer? Uh, no, he they're still waiting on uh, response from the NCAA. Could you imagine? Here's my what if. What if he gets cleared this week, steps in, and then helps us? Okay. Not off the Irish. We can talk about all this. I just want to say one thing, and then I'm done with the argument that you guys brought up. But Dylan Downing, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, he had a pretty pretty good game, to say the least. I like yeah, that, uh-oh. actually. Go yeah, ahead, Josh. Justin, um, you don't have to apologize for talking about Purdue. I, I like Purdue. Um Anyway, uh, to bring up Ryan's point, uh, one of the games that stood out to me that I watched a lot was the Arkansas-Texas game. Um, I think uh, I think it's safe to say that Texas is maybe uh, not too ready for the SEC uh, as they think, getting absolutely flayed by uh, the Razorbacks at home in Fayetteville. Um, it was an awesome game to watch. I don't hate Texas, but it was just really cool to see a program that's really struggled get a big win like that over what I think is one of the most overrated programs in the country. Um, but, yeah, that was a really interesting game, and Arkansas might cause some issues in the SEC um, that remains to be seen, but that game stood out to me. Uh, does anybody else have any Big Ten uh, comments to make about last week? Because if not, there was one other game I wanted to talk about before we get into our Big Ten uh, rankings. Um, Go for it. Okay, well, as, you know, Purdue guys, we're looking forward to this this next week. We've got Purdue-Notre Dame. I just want to talk about that Purdue or uh, Notre Dame-Toledo game from this past week. I know, Josh, I don't know if you you were watching, but we were all talking about it. But it's on Peacock, so I couldn't really watch. But um, Yeah. Extremes. I watched the highlights though, and Toledo. They so they scored a touchdown with like a minute, a little over a minute left, and then they took like a twenty-nine to twenty-four lead, I believe. And then they just mm-hmm. had two penalties on their final drive, and so. But Toledo was very much in this game, very much had it in the bag, and 
they lost it more so than Notre Dame won it. Um, so I guess just how did Notre Dame get that field position at the end? Did they have like a great kickoff return after? Three? No, 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 it, it was, was it, they penalties. had three straight three straight plays of penalties. It was like pass interference, pass. Yep. And, oh wow! Like, it, was, it was so, three straight. And then plays. yeah, were they then Notre Dame scored. What, uh, I didn't see the actual calls. I think one of them that I, I saw was definitely calls. legit. Okay. Like the PI was. Uh, he he like tackled the, the guy the day, the ball was there. At the end of the day, um, you know, we see these almost upsets almost every year in college football. And the difference between a team like Toledo pulling it off and, and, and a team like, I don't know, Appalachian State actually doing it is just discipline. Like, you, if you, if you want to pull off an upset, you cannot have three big penalties <laughs> and let them drive down the field like that. And then when you get the ball back, immediately fumble it to them and thus sealing the game. Um, so, I mean, Toledo had it in the bag, but we see this all the time. These these teams, they come in, they do a great job, but it's just that discipline, man, just making mistakes when it when you're not supposed to be making mistakes and allow Notre Dame to escape uh, a very co- what would have been a really costly upset. All right, so it is time to move on to our oh my God. Big Ten AP poll. Josh, I'm going to let you take the floor here because I feel like yeah. you got some good stuff for us. Yeah, so um, we started doing this um, to avoid just listing out our rankings for the East and the West and just going through them. Um, we decided to do an AP, AP poll style format for just our overall Big Ten rankings. Um, this week was very interesting. I have Justin – well, Justin sent it in. Justin sent it in the group chat this time, but AJ and Ryan are sent them to me privately. So we don't really get to see who has who. Um, but this week was very interesting to say the least. So I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to go ahead and just go by like five or so, and then we can kind of react or I can just go all the way through it. But uh, rounding out number one, we have Ohio State you, uh, one first place vote. I was going to say stop for the bottom, but that's fine. Keep going. Okay. Number two, we have Penn State with one first-place vote. Three, Iowa with two first-place votes. Wisconsin at four. Michigan at five. Michigan State at six. And you can see the bias here. Purdue at seven. (laughs) Maryland at eight. Rutgers at nine. IU at 10. Minnesota at 11. Northwestern 12, Nebraska 13, Illinois 14. Um, the fact that Iowa is third um, <laughs> is shocking to me, <laughs> to say the least. They I got two first-place votes, but thanks to uh, – I think it was Ryan had Iowa at freaking fifth below Michigan State. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> please explain to me why you had Michigan State at four and Iowa at five. <laughs> All right, I will gladly – gladly get into this all right so as we already talked about on this podcast i have no faith in iowa long term based on their offensive performance so far also michigan state is 2-0 with a very explosive offense and they get miami coming to town actually no they're going down to miami they're about to beat miami so michigan state's going to be ranked i think that Michigan State might be better than Iowa. You know, it, it's funny you say that because winning at a very mediocre Northwestern school and then 
allowing Youngstown State. Youngstown State is, you know, a little bit better than absolutely manhandling a ranked IU team in the top 20 and then going on the road um, in a top 10 hostile environment uh, if you're in-state rivals. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely see the logic behind your reasoning behind putting Michigan State above Iowa. Makes all the sense in the world to me. <laughs> I've got a question for you guys. So when you guys submit your polls, when actually you're create, not submitting, but creating them, do you value the way a team looks in this moment or do you kind of – factor in where you think they're going to be at the end of the year. You so you know what I mean? Like what you, so the way I do it is like, you got to look at it now, you know, like Ohio state, what, what are they ranked right now, Josh? They are number one in our, in our poll. No, 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 no. Like AP, actual AP poll. Uh, ninth. Okay. Ninth, they I look at that for instance, right. You got to see like, what were they? Three when they lost three, three to nine. Three. Yep. So you got to twelve. say, yeah, Oregon jumped from 12 to 4. Okay, that's yep. blindly on the fact they won at Ohio State. That's not at the fact that they have a kick schedule the rest of the season. The only hard game they have left is at UCLA. That's not yep. really relying solely on that. I think when they come out with the AP poll, it's solely based on the first two games of the season, if not three for some teams. I don't think they look ahead at all. I don't think that's any – but that's kind of like what we were saying with – you know, the college football rankings is like losing now is a lot better than losing later um, because they don't take into consideration. I guess they'd be less out to take into consideration like, okay, they lost a second game of the year to arguably the most hot team outside of Alabama, um, you know, at that point in time. And then they won out and looked good. It's like, okay, you know, we might be able to put them in because they lost to the team at that time. That was arguably the best. So I think that going about it, or at least the way I go about it is, um, you know, this moment, I don't look ahead. I just go from this point on, like, you know, offense producing, defense producing, who they're playing. That's kind of how I go about it. I don't look at, I didn't even like bring it into consideration on who they're playing this week. One more yeah. question, if you don't mind. Um, so, and, and just rankings in general, college football, um, I hate them That's like until like week four. Do you think it would be good TV to like not rank anybody until week four and just like have a show? No. And just no. I, I, I you kind of have to because, you know, there's always like that. What if scenario? You know, what if Mercer would have beat Alabama? You know, like what if if, you know, if they were not ranked and they went on the road and one, you know, okay, it's like, great, Mercer beat Alabama. Shouldn't have happened. But if Mercer goes on the road and wins at number one Alabama, like, you can burn their school down. There's going to be a lot worse implications on – Yeah, but then that means that number one ranking wasn't – didn't hold any water in the first place. I feel Given like – I feel like they have to have a starting point because I feel like – so, like, Justin's idea is everybody's level playing field, play four games like all against each other, random schedule as normal, then reassess – or not reassess, but assess where they're at. I feel like there has to be some sort of starting point before you can even get to any sort of ranking in the first place. So, I, I, I like Justin's idea a lot. I think that it may – because basically what Justin's saying is why do the rankings now? Because they change so much. But let's be honest, rankings change a lot throughout the whole season anyway. 
even after week four. Mm -hmm. So I get what Justin's saying, but I also feel like because of the fact that week four through week 13 and 14, they're still going to be changing a lot. I don't think it really matters. Might as well just start at week one. So that way there is that starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I've talked about it many times before, and I think more people need to look at this uh, method because I think it's probably the most accurate rate um, ranking system. It's called the Collie Matrix. It's a bias-free matrix ranking, and it folk and the, the the advantages of it is it focuses more on deservedness than it is predictiveness. So they don't look at a team like, oh, are they going to win the national championship? It also does not bring in the fact um, conference. It doesn't bring in the uh, fact any kind of bias. So like, obviously, like, not, uh, it's, they're not going to look at Ohio State and be like, oh, they should be ranked higher. It literally takes out all bias and everything. And I'm just going to run through the top 10 real quick and see what you guys think. Here's what the Kali Matrix has as of last week. Number one, Oregon. Two, Alabama. Three, Penn State. Four, Georgia, five, Texas A&M, six, Virginia, seven, Virginia Tech, eight, UTSA, nine, Mississippi State, 10, Rutgers. Okay, well, now we know why you like it so much. No, I'm sitting here looking at it, too. It's kind of funny just to kind of see. Like, but I, here's the no, thing, I, though. I, I do you look agree. at I the end of the season, though, at the, like at the end fun. of the season, it is – yeah, at the end of the season – it looks way better than the fucking CFP or AP shows. Like last year, they had like UC finishing like fourth, I think, instead of what they had. The possible play I've had in like what, 12th or 10th or something? Or no, eighth. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, they It literally factors in like uh, it takes out all the bias and everything and just literally looks at wins. Not even margin of victory, just wins and, it, 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 and against other rankings in the college majors itself. And that's I, I've loved it, and I like to pay attention to it throughout the season. So yeah, they, uh, um, sorry, AJ. Um, so yeah, like I like the uh, what's that called? Collie Matrix. The Collie okay. Matrix. So yeah, it's, it's, one quick thing is says first. It says first and foremost, the rankings are based only on results from the field, with absolutely no influence from opinion, past performance, tradition, or any other bias factor. So, obviously, it seems ridiculous based on how Josh explained it due to the small sample size. But I do agree with what he said. Oh, yeah. Like, once there's a larger sample size, more games have been played. Obviously, things are going to come back into form as they should be. Um, I just want to go back to Justin's original comment. I feel like. You're, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like what you're saying and why to do this is because it eliminates the bias, right? That, the name bias. Well, that and what you just literally said is sample size. There's no fucking sample size going into week one. You're basing something. Yeah, but, there, but there's a standard, though. You know, like there's a standard for Bryce Love when he commits as a five-star recruit to go play at prestigious Alabama. Like there's a standard behind that commitment. It's not – you know, this kid's coming out of high school. It's no, this NFL ready high school player is coming out. This kid who's going to be making millions in the NIL deal is coming out and he better perform. Like, so we are putting the pressure on him to perform. Like, I think that's a very large reason why as to why they are the number one team. You know, Georgia made a very strong case the other night, um, a couple of weeks ago for that. But like, I mean, I look at it from that aspect, too, of like, you know, they they have there's like a standard and there's expectations based off of, you know, just like what it is. So, you know, like CJ Stroud in Ohio State, like there's an expectation behind Stroud to perform well when he has the receiving core he does. You know, there's 
the, the standard that you, I mean, we'll just go with. Uh, I, I mean, you could really like kind of spin it off any way you really wanted to, but like it, I think that's a huge reason behind like the preseason AP poll. And, you know, it's, they get this kid coming out of high school and he could have went anywhere in the country. So we're going to put him on the number one team. It's like, you know, that's why Iowa state was ranked very high is because they had an experienced team come back. Like there's a standard and an expectation that they win games because of the, you know, their experience. And um, so I think that's kind of where, at least on my side of things, in my opinion, that's kind of where they get it started at least, but um, I don't think, cause I don't think, you know, really ending the season in any specific direction is, you know, it shouldn't take into account because of, you know, who you lose and who you bring in. But I think there's just the expectations and standards behind it are a little bit, um, you know, more sought after than I think we think uh, when it comes to those preseason polls. I just think, and I feel that, like yeah. that's, I, I think my biggest hatred is just preseason polls. So maybe not necessarily like after week one, after week two, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it's a good point with um, expectations. Um, I think there's a lot of assumption going on as well, which. Yes. It, it's whatever. Um, but I think he's, there is a lot of bias as well. That's why you see in college basketball, you see Indiana, they, it's almost like they want teams to succeed for whatever reason it is, be it, you know, raising TV ratings or filling stadiums. It's like ranked every year. I was going to say, yeah. In the top 10 every year. You know, I was going to say that's the, that's a real thing. Really all revolves around one word and Ryan just kind of suddenly squeaked it in there, but it really revolves around money. Yeah. I mean, it's a business. That's another, it's it's a business. And where are you going to get your money? Like you go off the, the Kali matrix there and you put UTSA is, you know, a top 10 team in the country. Like that's not going to make you money, but putting, you know, Alabama up there. And then now all of a sudden Oregon winning at Ohio state and now pumping them all the way up in the top five, like that's going to make you money. Like it's going to okay. get, it's going to open the yeah. and then spread it out a little bit. So, like, a, but I, my argument to that though, is that you could still rank these teams this way. If, if this was the way you did it throughout the whole year, and I think it would even add more intrigue because, like, as you, as Ryan had said, like, the only reason why, like, these teams are even up here right now, like UTSA and Rutgers, is because of the small sample size. But the whole point of the, of the matrix is it's not about predictiveness, kind of like what you and, Just, or you and Justin were talking about, but deservedness, which is they just, like, UC and Coastal Carolina deserved to be in the top ten, I think – UC started to be higher than what it was. Instead, uh, they put fucking three loss Oklahoma in the top 10 and they get a, a, a New Year's Six Bowl. Like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like you could still do it this way and it would still make money because people want to see those giant jumps and leaps and everything. If Alabama was ranked 15th, dude, and they and they went from 15th all the way up to one, that fan base would go crazy. You know, like it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see that. Well, and look at it on the other side of it too. I though. just don't like. I mean, think of like week one, Georgia Clemson. Like it, going back to the original question that was asked, that kind of just got us going like crazy. You know, if if they were unranked playing week one, 
you know, how, like how, you know, would that have been like the biggest game on tone? You know, like, or, or even like it's down, down a little bit, like it still would, but even downplayed a little bit. Like, let's say, you know, Clemson's ranked 23 and Georgia's not ranked. You know, it like, would that still have the same implications and national attention at night when it comes down in comparison to, you know, a three versus five matchup? Everyone knows the implications yeah. of college football playoff, and one single loss can just yeah. can be so detrimental to your season. I also I also do think though that my opinion could change if they ever inputted, you know, twelve team college football playoff. I think my opinion on you know the AP preseason poll and stuff could change, and it might not be as important when it gets to that point. But I think it's very important, especially for you know like the one lost teams like ohio state now they practically have to be perfect from here on out in order to have a chance because they have one you know obviously it'll depend on you know if other teams end up picking up a loss or not and but like looking at it from now like they have to be perfect <laughs> and they have to whoop on teams to get brought back into consideration of essentially going uh to the playoff okay so I got one more question for Justin to kind of loop it back to him for bringing this up and then we'll move on from this topic. But I guess my question is, so, so say there's no rankings, no rank rankings released week one to four, like what you said, what would happen when those first rankings come out that would eliminate like the bias? Like what, what's the difference between an AP writer or I mean an AP voter like having their opinions, same opinions still, and releasing their their votes. I mean, their their you know their rankings four weeks later after that. Like, do you think there would be any actual change with their biases from these uh, teams? I mean, I guess it's probably an unrealistic um, existence in in regards to like it's impossible, like you said earlier, not to start somewhere. But I guess my idea is that like. Your pre like your preseason rankings would exist, but you just wouldn't have them just out there. You know what I mean? Um, and then you would just kind of compile them after a good sample size. But I see re- when you guys are explaining it, it makes sense as to why it it exists um, for many reasons. Like I would say, the biggest one being that you do actually need a starting point. That's that makes perfect sense. Um, second. You know, when you're arbitrarily scrolling through your TV and you see, oh, look, number three versus number five, I got to check that out. There's, I guess, a bias for money. You know, nobody's going to watch, you know, Minnesota or Rutgers or whoever. You know, it's just a low profile game and you've got three versus five. You're immediately going to click on that one. Um, But I, I see where you're I see where you're all coming from. I just it just maybe Ryan is right in saying that it's, there's a lot of bias. It just frustrates me. A lot of repetition unnecessarily putting teams where they don't deserve, you know, there's a, there's a big difference in putting Notre Dame in the top 10 every year versus, you know, seeing a UC in there. Like they clearly worked their ass off as a program, you know, built, built themselves to a peak where, you know, Notre Dame gets there because, you know, they do get good athletes, but they're, they're a brand. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I guess it's give and take. I, I see both sides. You know, I get it. Yeah. So, like, speaking of the bias, uh, last comment. So, speaking of the biases, like, you see it in basketball too. Like, 
Kentucky, for example. I feel like every preseason poll, Kentucky kind of has like the same starting point, around the same. Some years they deserve it, and some years they don't. But it seems like because of the bias behind them, like they kind of get put in that same tier due to their name, due to their history. I don't know if anybody else has comment on that. I don't want to bring basketball. I, I guess it's the same thing, I, it's the same thing I, in football with Notre Dame. I, I, that's, it was like an that. example, yeah. That, that, yeah, that was my yeah. example. I guess, I guess, you know, kind of just elaborating a little bit more on that is like they, they, they take ownership and control, though, if they mess up, you know, a preseason ranking. You know, like we've seen Kentucky fall out of the, you know, from a basketball side of things. So we've seen Kentucky fall out of the top 25, like each of the past several seasons. And I, I, and they don't, you know, they don't keep them hanging around, you know, at 22, 23, 24, like they easily could just because they're Kentucky. Like I think, you know, if they get the preseason polls wrong, like it gets taken into consideration and they get whooped out of there quick. And, I mean, you know, it's it's very similar to just one loss in college football. Like one loss can just kill you for your football or football playoff hopes. So it just, I I think you know you gotta the committee also has to you know take some ownership and um, I think they do for the most part. Um, but I mean, others might you know, have a little different opinion on that one. But um, that's also a big part of it as well. Yeah, I feel like there's no, like, true perfect way to do this. So it's about finding the most accurate way. Um, I think a system like what Josh is talking about, I can't remember what that website is, but a system like that may be the most accurate way. But we have to also keep in mind that with all, like, everything in life, like, all these things, there's so many other factors that play into it. Like, we claim money as a potential factor because, like, Justin's saying, like, a matchup like Iowa-Iowa State, you say that on paper, nobody outside of Iowa is going to watch that. But when you throw like number five, Iowa versus number nine, Iowa state, now you, you know, turning heads from people in California, people around the country, you know, so there's multiple factors that play into this. There's no perfect way, um, but it definitely is an argument and a discussion that is had every year. And I love it because, you know, with it being, you know, no perfect, perfect way. So, um, Saying that, let's go ahead and move on. I did you guys want to go ahead and get into our re- preview of next week or we're in time for pickums? Yeah, yeah, we can do pickums. All right. So last week, um I took the cake. I went twelve for two. Um we all missed Ohio State. We were fifty fifty on Iowa, Iowa State with me and with me and Ryan being correct in picking Iowa. Um, AJ was the only one to pick Syracuse and got that wrong, but he was also the only one to pick Nebraska and got that one right. Um, AJ finished 11 11 and three, Ryan 10 and four, and Justin is struggling down there at nine and five. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and move on to this week. Uh, Starting off, I think it's a, is that a Thursday or a Friday night game here? Uh, Maryland at Illinois. I'm going uh, Maryland easily. <laughs> are we doing scores or are we just doing pickups? Yeah, you can do you can do scores. You can do, you do scores. I'm gonna say Maryland twenty-eight to ten. I'm gonna go. Okay, AJ, you go ahead. I'm also gonna go Maryland. I think it's gonna be a lot worse than. 
the spread at seven and a half, just unbelievably low. Yeah. Over's going to hit. I think Maryland's going to beat them. Uh, I'm honestly going to go 51 to 14. It's going to be just a Let's go. I'm smacking that over. Justin, what do you got? I'm still like perplexed by these 9 p.m. stars. Like, well, I don't, they make no sense to me. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin worries. You're not worries. He just gets confused by the random things. It's just like, why? Like, that's past his bedtime on a Friday. It's damn near. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you gotta man, take his dentures out there. <laughs> hey, watch it now. No. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm gonna take Maryland here. I think we're all gonna go chalk here and pick Maryland. I just, they're yeah. a team. Yeah. Don't speak for me too soon. I'm going with uh, – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm definitely <laughs> going to go Maryland. I think, like AJ said, it's going to be a butt whooping. I was going to have it to that degree. I was going to say, like, 42 to 14. Uh, so maybe a touchdown less. Pretty much the same butt whooping. All right. Next we got Tulsa at Ohio State. Ohio State by 50 because they're going to be looking to get some revenge. Yeah, I'm going to go with Josh on this one. I think Ohio State is probably going to – I'm going to say 56 to – I don't really know how good Tulsa is, but 56 to You're 7. Too. 56 to 7, Ohio State. I feel like they're going to be pissed off, and that offense is going to start slinging the ball. AJ. So, the spread on this game is only 24 and a half. That seems kind of low. That's part of that's Ohio State coming off the loss, probably. Right. Even with they're the defense, this yeah. they're about to lose right. some money on that, I think. But anyway, um, uh, you know, part of me really wants to pick Tulsa just because, but I won't. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of my record being semi decent, I am still going to go Ohio State. Now, if this was last year, Tulsa with Xavier and Collins, there could be an upset in Columbus, but it's not not this year. Justin? AJ, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that spread because it does sound like Vegas has little confidence in Ohio State. I mean, as little as yeah. 24. Um, but I think, I think Ohio State's coaching staff, for the most part, is too good. They're going to kick their ass in practice this week, and this is going to be Stroud's best game so far. He's had All some monster right. games, Justin. That's 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 a big. I mean, prediction. personally, yeah. I mean, you 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 pull a Dwayne Haskins and throw oh. seventy times yeah. and for five hundred yards and lose forty nine twenty. I mean, how good? Yeah, about to bring that up. <laughs> he uh, uh, his performance against Oregon was the second most passing yards in Ohio State history. It was an L, and the number one most passing yards in a game was Haskins against Purdue, which was also an L. So the two, the two uh, best passing performances by Ohio State quarterbacks are both losses. So, so if you learn anything, yeah. <laughs> kids, don't pass well if you're going to go to Ohio State. <laughs> exactly. All right, next one we got Nebraska at Oklahoma. A little uh, big. Uh, uh, what was that conference called? That Big, big Ten or no? Big, big Twelve. Big. big what was Big Twelve? Big 12. Yeah. Big 12. No, what was it? My bad. Anyway, Nebraska at Oklahoma, an old rivalry. Um, Maybe it was back in the 90s. This would be interesting, but uh, definitely going OU. Yeah. I uh, I don't even know why we are talking about this game. 
I feel like it's going to be really bad. Not that Oklahoma, I think, is like – I personally don't think Oklahoma is the third best team in the country. That's just my opinion. But I think that they are going to absolutely stomp Nebraska. I'm going to say Oklahoma 49, Nebraska 14. AJ. Uh, I'm going to go uh, – uh, Please I'm in Nebraska. Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm going to Oklahoma. Uh, Justin. Oklahoma's going to kick their ass. I, uh, <laughs> having said that, I don't think Rattler's as good as people think he is. I'd probably say that no, every week. But, uh, yeah. I mean, he's talented. I mean, he's, he has his moments, but I just, you know, they've got heat. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a good go. question after this, um, actually. For you guys, but we'll continue on. All right, here's actually a pretty interesting one. Um, UC at IU. Uh, we got some friends going to the, uh, that game, so we'll be sure to hear from it. Um, IU beat the hell out of Idaho, although I was kind of surprised that they still scored two touchdowns on them. However, I think UC is far superior to IU this year, especially defensively. Penix proved in that Iowa game, and he faces a good defense. He's just going to throw picks all day. I got UC winning by two scores and Penix throwing four interceptions. Lock it. Ow. Oh, that's a lock. Wow. A lock. Love, I love the locks. Stamped gonna, with a Josh Lewis lock. I'm also going <laughs> to lock down with Josh on this one, uh, but I'm only going to say Cincinnati by 10, but I still think it's a lock. Lock down. <laughs> Justin. You know, I, was, I was really looking forward to this game when it was uh, scheduled because – I think I honestly think this is what that bowl matchup should have been instead of Cincinnati versus Georgia. Um, yeah, oh, 100%. I think, in, I think Indiana should have been in that slot, and that bowl game would have been fantastic. Um, yep. So we get this instead, and this is probably why they didn't do that. Um, I think there's going to be two interesting things with this. Indiana obviously suffered that terrible loss week one, so it kind of diminished the intrigue in this game a little bit. But I also think Cincinnati – now, granted, Indiana's Memorial Stadium isn't like a scary place to go necessarily, but it's interesting when Cincinnati goes to places like this, how they perform. But I think they're the superior program right now, and they win uh, by two touchdowns. Yeah, it is a sold-out game. I think it's uh, yeah, it's one of the few sold-out games. Day. Yeah, it, it might be. <laughs> they like, they like the red team. Visit and fill the stadium out so they can take a calendar picture. Yeah, yeah, they always take it during the Ohio State game. (laughs) That game's also sold out. Anyway, AJ. He doesn't know. You know. Oh, he knows. He knows. You know who I'm going with because I was on this program all (laughs) offseason. The hype train is there. Their money is not where their mouth is. I'm going Cincinnati. This is going to burn a hole in Indiana's football program. Just wait. Just wait. The, the, back, the backlash that this is going to give IU football program, oh, this – I mean, if any of their fans are going to listen to this, if there's one thing that I'm going to say – is you guys better be ready to go uh, put on your Notre Dame gear after this because Tom Allen, gone. He's going to be gone after this year. Oh, really? Another, another, a... school, another school is going to be coming after him. And really? He's going to go because 
he's going to have such a great year one year and have a very mediocre year. And he knows that he's not going to be able to rebuild that program back up to what it was last year. And he's going to take another job where he has a lot more of a cushion. Whoa. Take of the day. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, next up, another uh, interesting one, especially now that um, Michigan State's 2-0. Um, Sparty is going down to Miami, Florida. Um, Miami is still ranked in the top 25. They avoided a scare by Appalachian State, a team that I'm really high on. That's a non-Power 5 team. However, uh, you know, this one's kind of tough, but, you know, I might – I'm going to ride with Michigan State on this one. I do not think Miami, Florida's program is back to where it is. De'Aaron King has got the talent, but Appalachian State, I was watching that game a lot too. It was a later night game, and um, they looked they, – they, they were definitely in, definitely in it with them, and uh, Appalachian State is probably – slightly slightly the same kind of team like Michigan State. So I got Michigan State pulling off the upset down in uh, South Beach. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with J. Lou on this one. Uh, if I'm going to have Michigan State in the top five or so on my, my rankings, I think I'd have to pick them in this game, right? So, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Michigan State. What's, what's the spread here? The spread is – uh, Miami's six and a half. Yeah, I I think Michigan State by a touchdown. All right, all right. Ryan's got MSU. Justin. I didn't I didn't know this game existed until I looked at the schedule tonight. This is a pretty neat matchup. This is this is like a bowl game regular season, it feels yeah. like at least. Um I don't think these two teams play often, if at all. Um, I'm curious to see if the heat down there is going to affect Michigan State. I doubt it. I don't know how much pickle juice they got on them, but they're going to need some. Um, <laughs> I think Michigan State's going to win this. I was not – I just – I don't I don't think Miami is a good program right now. I'm not a real big fan of their coach. Um, my buddy's a Texas fan. He was their defensive coordinator a few years back when they were abysmal. I don't know how this guy has his <laughs> job right now, um, and I don't think he does for much longer. Michigan State's AJ. You know, there's always one or two that I'm kind of a stray on. This is, I mean, this is a huge game for Michigan State. They get this game. You know, Peyton Thorne had a great game throwing the ball. Kenneth Walker has had a great year running the ball. The pieces in the offense are there. However, something tells me that turnover chain is going to come out a little bit more than expected this weekend. Oh, unfortunately, I am going to go with the Hurricanes. There it is. And I think it's going to be a close one. I think Hurricanes are going to win by two again. Nice pick, nice pick. All right, moving on. We got a, cup, a cupcake matchup here. Um, actually, some action. Uh, we got Northern North Northern Illinois at Michigan. Um, don't have much to say. I'm just gonna say Michigan. Ryan. Yeah, I'm just gonna stick with Michigan on this one. I don't, not that they're, you know, overly exciting to me. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Michigan. All right, Justin. I think Michigan should join the Mac at this point. Gosh, it's like 50%. <laughs> they don't it's score enough points for that, man. They don't score <laughs> okay, enough points to have that points. honor. There's not this enough alliance, action. <laughs> this alliance is going to screw up Michigan's uh, scheduling, man. They uh, they must have – it's going to end their alliance with the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, AJ. Michigan. Quorum's going to have another. All point. right. Game. All right. Next, we got, um, you know, this game would actually probably be pretty good, but I think both programs are on on uh, on the back on their back heels right now. Uh, Minnesota at Colorado, um, another Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. Um, I was watching Colorado. They were beating Texas A&M for most of the game. Um, I think A&M's quarterback got hurt before I tuned in. Um, it was an ugly, it was an ugly, ugly game. Um, I think that Colorado was more lucky than anything. I don't think Texas A&M had their best game, and ultimately Texas A&M defense uh, pulled off the win with a big stop. Um, on the other hand, Minnesota, uh, they barely beat Miami, Ohio last week. They're definitely struggling without Ibrahim. Um, so I'm actually going to go, and I hate to do it, but I'm going Colorado on this one. What a pick. Josh said it all for me perfectly. I'm running with Colorado as right. well, and I got to say no more. Justin. Minnesota isn't good. Even I didn't even think they were that great, even when they had <laughs> arguably the best running back in the Big Ten, if not the country. Josh. Um, so, Colorado. <laughs> Man, we're all about to give AJ, AJ another one. Colorado. Oh, let's go. Yeah, that is a sweep. Go. I love it when we all stick together. All right. Here's a big one. Uh, Purdue at Notre Dame. Can we do this um, one last? Can we do this one last? Okay, yeah, yeah, we can do this one last. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. skip on over here to Kent State at Iowa. Um, Iowa's going to kill them. Um, that's yeah, probably a wash. That's, I feel like we're all going to stick with Iowa there. All right, next up, we got Delaware at Rutgers. Um, Rutgers lock every week. So, yeah, Rutgers by 30. I'm going uh, – do you have any more to say? Because I'm going to shock you all. No. Nope. Ooh. You better put the state of Delaware in that. Oh, my gosh. This is, this is where I gain some victories back. Okay. Okay. Justin. I want Michigan to, to schedule Delaware. That would be an awesome visual experience. I also <laughs> – Baby blue and <laughs> that would be maze on blue and maze. Um, yeah. Billy uh, maze here. I'm going to go with Barkers. That wasn't yeah. that funny, I guess. <laughs> All right, AJ, pick Rutgers. Pick AJ, Rutgers this week. AJ did like Actually, don't pick Rutgers. Comedy. Pick Delaware. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was I was laughing a little bit at Ryan, whatever comment he decided to <laughs> chime in there. Um, You know what? This is one of those weeks where Delaware comes in Piscataway and they're two and zero. And ride with me, AJ. Ride with yourself. Me. You gotta ask yourself, what what are the chances? Ride with. And, me. Uh, you know, I kind of take a deep breath and I look over and I see I see Vedral and I I see he's there, but I don't really you know truthfully know what he's got going. Zay on. Pacheco, Bo Melt, but. 
But Fatukasi. I might have to pull the trigger this week and actually take the Scarlet Knights. Oh, let's go. Oh, he did me Fuckers. like that. I thought I was going to get the guy that was in All first right. place to ride with me. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Moving on to another one. Northwestern at Duke. Yeah, Duke lost to Charlotte, giving their uh, uh, in week Never one, lost. and that was embarrassing enough. Northwestern's going to get an easy dub this week. Yeah, I. Ryan. As much as I hate Northwestern this year, I, I think they'll win this game. Justin, is this like a rivalry that's like they're trying to make happen? I feel like this is like the fourth straight game <laughs> play. I don't. This is like a stupid, pointless thing they're doing here. I think uh, Duke's going to win this one. It's called a contract, Dude, Justin. Right. It's, uh, it's a home and home, but time six. <laughs> Ah, this is this is tough for me. This is tough for me. So when I look at this game, I see Duke. What is their strong point? It's running the football. What did Northwestern lose their first game by? Running the football from Michigan State. Give me the Blue Devils. Let's go, Justin. Oh, my God. All right, moving on to perhaps one of the biggest games of the week, primetime Happy Valley Whiteout. We got Auburn at Penn State, a huge Big Ten SEC matchup. Both are ranked. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm i not the biggest fan of the Whiteout at Penn State, mostly because they, I think they have a losing record with the Whiteout, not going to lie. Um, but I think Penn State is really good defensively. And they're going to get a big statement win for the Big Ten or the SEC this this Saturday night. So I'm going Penn State. Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to ride with Penn State on this one. I feel like it's tough. It's it's night game, wide out. And honestly, I feel like Auburn's just – like there's nothing that really stands out to me from Auburn that tells me that they're going to go into Happy Valley and just – beat Penn State. So. Bo Nix. Bo Nix, yes, man. No, I, I'm Nicks, confident man. with Penn State on this one. All right. Uh, Justin. You think that the, the losing record with the wild is mostly uh, in place because it's against a high state mostly? I'd agree. Bingo. <laughs> um, Jim Trestle famously said, I thought they wear the white for us. Probably do. <laughs> um, Going to go with Penn State. Um, I think, I mean, Sean Clifford, I mean, he's played well enough. Cut the boys some slack. <laughs> Cut the boys. When are you going to start him? When are you going to start him, Justin? <laughs> all right, AJ. You guys all go Penn State. Oh, he sees this as an opportunity. You're yes. putting oh, me, oh. You're he sees putting me in a bind. An opportunity. This is, you know, these were the. These here decisions that get you in the first place spot, like I am, they keep you on the throne after but two see, weeks. These are the decisions that lead you to sitting on top. However, <laughs> Valley totally. is going to be popping on you gotta Saturday. Stop, you got to stop building up all this anticipation to just ride with the squad. I don't understand it. Penn State. Give me Penn State. All right. Here we go. Another marquee matchup. 
a, a, a massive rivalry in the state of Indiana, a massive rivalry for these two programs. Everyone loves to see it back in action. We got Purdue at Notre Dame. I know you three are going to have a, a lot to say about this. I'm going to put in my input. Um, after watching Toledo squander away a potential upset um, in South Bend, I definitely think Purdue is capable, especially riding David Bell on pulling off the upset. Give me Purdue. Give me 28-24. Get the dub. Get in the top 25. So, all right. I'm going to do a little reverse psychology here. So, I've never been more confident in the Braum area for a it, like for a big marquee matchup than I am this week. And I'm based on that mostly off how Notre Dame has played versus how Purdue has played. I think Purdue can go in there and win this very easily, knowing that due to my lifelong fandom of the Purdue Boilermakers, I am taking Notre Dame here. Where's the reverse psychology in that? Wow. Reverse psychology talk, you is – You talked yourself out of it? No, the reverse psychology Justin, is, is I was always – tell me you're Purdue. not going to pick the fight Niners. <laughs> God, I'll be honest. Enlighten I hate, me. I hate how much I hate Notre Dame. It's like that existence. <laughs> like it's it's like a mind fuck. You know, it's like they they've beaten me by how much I hate them and the attention I get. <laughs> um, I, there there are a lot of variables going into this game that I don't like. Um, one is coming off the game against UConn. I mean arguably the worst division one school, and then you're going to go play a program like Notre Dame. I mean, the athlete difference between the two schools is, is pretty significant. So it's, it's, it's kind of bad timing in that respect, despite, you know, a 49-0 W. Um, gosh, like Ryan said, I am actually, I hate that I'm also optimistic about this game. Like as a Purdue fan, like it's a terrible they, feeling. They, it is like, it, I, they, they haven't played Notre Dame in seven years, but for the most part, when they were playing annually, there's two games that I usually circle like on my calendar, so to speak. It's at it's Purdue basketball at Bloomington and whenever they play Notre Dame. Those are the two games where I'm on the edge of my seat and my neighbors probably hate me. Um, my Wi-Fi is actually called Fuck Notre Dame. So fuck <laughs> Notre Dame, I'm taking Purdue. Let's go. I love it. I love AJ. it. AJ. You know, I wasn't going to get involved, but since Ryan decided to go where he's going to go, he crack my knuckles because I am taking the Boilermakers because Notre Dame, Let's go. they beat Florida State on a night where Florida State's program has never been more hyped up. Thanks to Mackenzie Hilton for that. However, that game – got buried so far under the gutter because of Jacksonville State going in and winning on a last-second Hail Mary. (laughs) Ordinary effort from the Cox. And now we have Notre Dame almost losing to Toledo at home. Should have lost, but the zebras and the black and white stripes might have had different (laughs) as well to be determined. There is a team – that is hot coming into this game. And there is a team that is a little chilly coming into this game. There is a team that has all the pressure in the world coming into this game. And there is a team that has none at all. 
There is a team that is injured, and there is a team that is also injured. Could <laughs> go, but injured in history. They're injured. This way game less. is going to propel Purdue not just into the top twenty. Book me at number nineteen after this week. Purdue is winning this. We're going to be in the top twenty. All right. I know I you guys it. are not going to let me change my pick, but you have no. Convinced we're me. not. I'm not changing it. Like this whole time, oh. this whole that's lock it in. But this whole time, it in. and like Justin is saying, I hate how like confident I feel, but how like unconfident that makes me feel. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. I know you would understand, but nah, this is yeah. This is one of the games I just like. I'm so optimistic. I'm gonna just be so <laughs> when it does not work out. <laughs> like, uh, just like everything I just said. Like, all the momentum is carrying in Purdue's favor. There's so much pressure on Notre Dame in this game. Like the in-state rivalry. Like you know, like Justin said, like, this is the first time we've played in seven years. Purdue's always played Notre Dame well. And Purdue was never up to that caliber at that point in time, the last, you know, eight, nine, seven years ago. So this is going to be a huge game for Jack Plummer. He's got the best safety in the country on the opposite side of the ball from him. And he is going to have, I mean, that kid is just a ball hawk. Kyle Hamilton, right? Yes. I mean, Hamilton is just unbelievable. Like the pick that he had week one at Florida State where he, Went from side or he went from hash to hash, just and just oh my goodness, that was just butter. But you know, Jack yeah. is gonna have to have an unbelievable game this week, especially after losing Horvath. They are not gonna be able to win this game on the ground, it's gonna have to be through the air. Go ahead, I think Josh. There's um, two things um, that I'm gonna be looking at in this game that's gonna make the difference. One is Obviously, David Bell. Um, he's by far probably the um, the best, if not tied with the best athlete on the field. And I think Purdue has the next best athlete in George Karloftis on the defensive side. Um, David Bell needs to have a monster game, and George Karloftis needs to have a monster game um, for Purdue to uh, pull this off. That being said, uh, Notre Dame, Jack Cohn, He's a solid quarterback, but, um, you know, with those Wisconsin QBs, man, they're, they're not going to sit there and, 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 and do um, um, a 400-yard passing game or anything like that. You know what I mean? They're game managers. They're slow it down. Um, and like AJ was saying, Plummer is a guy that I don't think fits that mold. He's definitely a guy who can sling it, especially when you have a wide receiver like David Bell. Um, losing Horvath is huge. I know you guys are disappointed about that, but I feel like – Dude, you can ride David Bell to a dub in this game easily, and you can have Karloftis make those big stops on third down, and those alone will change this game. I really, I'm very much into the impact players, and if those two play fantastic, this is going to be wrapped up really quickly in South Bend. I also, I also just want to point out, you guys keep harping on the the Horvath injury. I'm not going to disagree with you at all about Horvath's impact. But I also know now. Granted, it was against UConn, but I also know that like the the dual combo of 
King Doru and the way Dylan Downing played. I think Downing, after getting all, as many touches as he did last week, is going to give him a lot of confidence going into this game. And I can see them having a decent impact. Now, it won't be a Horvath impact, but I think it's going to be good enough to help that passing game that Josh just mentioned. Let's just yeah. – I, I want to say one thing, Rube. You know, when, when players get passed up by their dream school – and these same players end up playing that dream school of theirs. And there's one person in particular I'm thinking of in the past couple of years that had that experience. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I say his name. But when they get passed up by these big schools recruiting-wise and they get a chance to play against that coaching staff that passed them up, they always tend to play a little bit out of their element. Marcus Bailey mm-hmm. – when he had that pick six against Ohio State to seal the game, obviously it was a little sealed before that, but just, you know, the, the second cherry on top, like that had to have been the most just like heartwarming thing that could have happened that game outside of obviously the big storyline. But just the fact that he was able to pick off um, Haskins and take it back to a pick six, which was, I think it was like 40-something yards. So it was it was a pretty big you know, interception return in general, but um, you've got a couple kids on this Purdue roster who, uh, you know, they got passed up by Notre Dame. And there's one in particular that kind of stemmed out a little bit last week. And I'm going to be interested to see how he plays in our receiving core. But, uh, you know, he's been kind of beaten up a little bit and he had a really rough off season. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, TJ Sheffield, uh, he might have an unbelievable return game this week. I'm not thinking he's going to be, you know, you know, five receptions for a hundred something yards, but uh, you know, I, I think it's he's gonna he's gonna hurt Notre Dame where they're gonna least expect it, and that's gonna be on kick return and punt returns, and uh, it's gonna yeah. produce some great field position. And by the way, we have a kicker now, so he he made some gems week one. And I am excited to see what he's going to do this week. And I would love for a last I, – I wouldn't care if we won by on a last-second field goal, but just to see that ball go through the uprights and to see the face of all those Notre Dame, oh, oh I'm getting fired up already. And it's only Tuesday. Speaking of the last-second yep, field goal, do you want to guess how Purdue lost the last time they played in South Bend? I'm going to guess the last-second field goal. Yep. It felt like it felt like a typical uh, Purdue game there, you know. It was actually like I remember watching it. Um, it it was a I don't I mean I don't know if you guys do either, but it was Purdue was in it the whole time, and I think it was one of those scenarios where they had like a ten point lead or something late in the game, and it was when Everett Golson was essentially breaking out. That was the year that Notre Dame played the national title game and Purdue almost knocked them off early in the year. Um, so, you know, thinking about that, I mean, it's just been so many close calls against Notre Dame. You know, you think about 2009 with uh, um, Jimmy Clausen throwing it to shit. Who's that tight end? Um, Kyle Rudolph. And then, Danny Hope essentially giving him the opportunity to do that. Like it, it just from a Purdue perspective, this Notre Dame matchup is just it's it's frustrating. I think that's where my hatred stems from. And it it all started 
obviously with Drew Brees in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, he uh, went over to there. Um, 1998 being a pretty devastating scenario where he threw two last two picks at the end of the game. And uh, 2000, guess what? A last second field goal against a quarterback who is actually a tight end, which is pretty embarrassing. But um, yeah, I. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be neat to actually hear Drew Brees call it. I'm curious to see how many <laughs> highlights they show of his pretty career. <laughs> yeah, I, it's I'm ex, I'm excited about it. I I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm it's like I said earlier. It's one of those games where I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm just in it till the end, and hopefully so, Purdue is as well. Yeah, I uh, I remember when me and Ryan were just becoming friends and he brought his then ex-girlfriend from high school over and we watched the 2014 game um at purdue uh or no 2013 was that 2013 game whatever the the 2013 game at west lafayette um and it was it it was it was brutal because like they were in the game but at the same time you just kind of felt like they're not gonna win it and uh yeah that that always stuck with me because we were just, we were like watching the game, but we weren't like watching it, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I don't know where you're going with that, anyway. but all right. <laughs> we were just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was just like, you know, like it was, even though it was a close game, you just kind of never felt like Purdue was ever going to win it, you know? It, no, it was mean. never that, there was never that like, uh, you know, like hype. It was just a game that was on. And <laughs> I didn't help the fact that Purdue was absolute ass that year. Going an astounding one and eleven. Yeah, but um, yeah, it might change this week. That's uh, a big game. Anyway, moving on. Um, we guys want to quickly talk about the fantasy uh, uh, week this week. Um, me and Justin faced off as the only uh, one and O teams. I pulled off a win against him. I beat him by seven, literally because of Hassan Haskins coming out of uh, and getting that garbage time touchdown. AJ, on the other hand, had five points from Graham Mertz, but was able to destroy Ryan thanks to Corum, 39 fantasy points, 38 from David Bell. Um, this week I have AJ and Justin and Ryan uh, play each other. Uh, the current standings, are me at first at two and zero, AJ and second at one and one, Justin and third at one and one, and Ryan is last at zero and two. He's looking like he's going to be singing some uh, IU fight song here at the end of the season, all dressed up in the crimson and cream. Uh, Ryan, what are you going to do to turn the season around? Yeah, so there's two big things here. One, I need to start figuring out how to set a damn lineup. Um, one, let's put the right people in. Maybe figure out how the app works. Uh, two, <laughs> I might have to make some some trades, which I don't really think I have anything to trade. To be honest, like my drafts could have not have gone worse. Um, Sean Clifford, I'll take Sean Clifford <laughs> hands if you really want me to, because you can have Michael Penix for him, straight up. Not but yet. yeah, so yeah, exactly. I don't know what it's going to take to turn this team around, but I'm going to do my best to figure it out. Yeah, Ryan, you all right, all right. you didn't set your lineup right. We even let you set your lineup right, and I still yep. doubled your score. 
don't Absolute think you doubled, geez. but you definitely. I, 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 oh, I don't know. Is there a way to look? I it? think I scored two thirds the amount of your score. Yeah. Maybe that would might have been. 153 to 200 something. No, it was 153 to 74. He definitely. Okay. See, I'm not even looking in the right spot for the scores. Clearly, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Ryan, I will know, show you if you come down. If you come down this week, I'll show you how to do it right. All right, sounds good. Corn thirty nine, David Bell thirty eight, Garrett Wilson twenty five. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yep. Kicker even got me negative five. All right, all right, all righty. Well, anyone got any any closing thoughts before we uh, embark on this week three um, of the uh, college football season? Luke Sickle to USC. Yes. Did you guys see the news about uh, the Kansas City offensive coordinator to USC? Ooh. Ooh. That would be, that would be interesting. Yeah. We will talk about that later. Does anybody else have anything? Yes, no. All right. This is another episode of the podcast brought to you by <laughs> your boys. <laughs> we... <laughs> And on that, we're out.